Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Upload Podcast. That's right, and we have two sponsors this week. Our first sponsor, as always, is Martin Vintage, your home of vintage Purdue apparel at martinvintage.com. And we have a second sponsor this week, uh, Reindeer Shuttle. Both They do some great work. They have their shuttle from campus to both the Indianapolis and the O'Hare airports, and great deal. They'll pick you up right on campus, take you to the airport, drop you off, and pick you up when you get back for from your flight. Um, they are also Folks, looking to hire life right now. Life yes. lesson. Life lesson? What's the life lesson? Don't drive to an airport ever again. Yes. It's yes. not cool. Like, yeah. You have to park your car. You're going to pay as much for parking as you will for the shuttle service. Right. I mean, reindeer shuttle will do it for you. You can sit there. You can read a book. You can do your taxes. I don't we'll know, man. Books. Yeah. You can watch Stranger Things on your phone. But if you do, if you do like driving to airports, reindeer shuttle is hiring right now, too. So... <laughs> You can find more about their compensation package and everything. Uh, that's reindeershuttle.com. They are a great partner with us. We're happy to welcome them aboard. So now that we have the business out of the way, we can get to talking about an awful, awful, awful weekend swept by Indiana. Uh, I guess I also should go around the horn and introduce us. Of course, I am Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. And with me tonight is Jace Jellison. How you doing, Jace? I've been better, Travis. How are you? I am good. And also with me is Casey, providing the dynamite drop-ins there on our ad reads. You didn't ask, but I'm doing wonderful. Oh, well, that's good, Casey. I'm glad Went to, to hear New that. Fields today. Got some culture in my life. Oh, at New Fields, that's down by my place, sort of. It was. <laughs> it's a good time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, that's probably a lot better than watching the women's game, unfortunately, today. Uh yeah, and it's, it was frustrating for them because they were really close in the first half. And then one of the worst quarters of basketball I think I've ever seen, going 1-17 from the field. The only bucket they had was a play that Katie Gerald drew up. It was a, um, a back cut to Cassidy Harden. She scored, and then Purdue never scored again um, and found themselves down 22 points heading into the fourth quarter, and, and it was just wraps from there. And I know Indiana's really good. I mean, they're a legit Final Four, if not national title contender this year. But uh, you, you can't have an off quarter like that against an elite team like them. No. And, I mean, <clears throat> earlier this week, Coach Gerald's kind of talked about that, saying since since the opening stretch of the season, they've had games where they always have that one really bad quarter and they've kind of had to combat it. I mean, Nebraska kind of comes to mind, bowling a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, um, and, and today that reared its ugly head again. And it looked like they had a bit of a rough start, too. Uh, ironically, it was a little bit like the men. They were just trying to do a little too much, forcing some things passing-wise, and uh, just out of sync and couldn't get much going offensively. Yeah, they they were 1 for or 0 for their first five, I believe, um, Indiana jumped out of a quick 7-0 run. And then, I mean, thankfully for Purdue, IU kind of cooled off a little bit. And and um, Lacia Petrie had a nice turnaround jumper. Um, Kaitlin Harper hit a three. So they, they got into it. And then, um, I mean, they 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 honestly closed the first quarter on, on, on a good note. They were down four at the end of 10 minutes. But um, they played well. And they, they were phenomenal on defense for the first 20 minutes. They, they held – uh, Mackenzie Holmes, who's going to be an All-American. She would be Big Ten Player of the Year if it weren't for Caitlin 
Caitlin Clark of Iowa. They held her and then Grace Berger, who was looked at as a potential um, All-American heading into this year before she she got hurt. Um, they they held them to two points apiece in the first half. Um, so, I mean, their their defense has grown leaps and bounds from the beginning of the season. But um, when you only scored two points in a quarter against the number four team in the country, um, you're, you're not going to win any game. So. No. Well, the good the good news is, is the schedule looks relatively mm-hmm. favorable the rest of the way. There's a return trip to Indiana on February 19th, but uh, the other five games look incredibly winnable for Purdue. And that would, assuming they win all five, which, I mean, they could do that, that would get them to 20 and eight, uh, assuming a loss to Indiana. Probably enough to get in the tournament, don't you think? Yeah, I think they're... Uh, earlier this week, ESPN had them as the f- last four buys, so they would be just inside that cut line for the uh, first four, which the um, NCAA women's division is doing for the first time this year. Um, and, yeah, like you said, there's only two two teams that they're playing the rest of the year that have overall winning records, and that's another rematch with Indiana and then uh, Penn State, who also beat them earlier this year. Um and then Indiana's the only team with a winning record inside the Big Ten. So, I mean, you got a lot of winnable games coming up, and, and Purdue's in a really good spot uh, to make the tournament for the first time in a few years now. I don't think you could overlook Michigan State either. I know Purdue beat them in East Lansing, but that was in overtime. And Michigan State's the only team in America that can beat can say they've beaten Indiana. So uh, definitely don't want to overlook that game. Yeah, I mean, Purdue's done fairly well against Michigan State over the last handful of years, but um, being in Mackey, hopefully this this sellout crowd, uh, which was phenomenal to to experience for a women's game. Hopefully they start start coming to more games and and, and give this team and this program um, that extra boost. Oh, absolutely! And uh, Katie Gerald's has definitely got the program pointed back in the right direction right now. That's it's wonderful to see. Yeah, it feels like there's more. They have more intrigue, more momentum. Uh, more hype than they've had in the last 10 years. And, I mean, I know Sharon Versa gets a bad rap, and she did some good things in West Lafayette, but the program was just getting kind of stale with her at the helm, and Kitty Geralt has gotten new life into it, uh, for lack of a better word. And, I mean, you look at who they could possibly have come back. They got a really good class of five girls coming in next year. Um, I mean, Purdue's going to be – Purdue's going to be a player sooner rather than later in the in the Big Ten, in my opinion. That's that's wonderful to hear. It's a long time coming because I, I've always viewed the women's program as like one of the flagship athletic programs of the entire athletic department. And, well, it's one of the few ones that's actually gotten it done and has uh, won a national title. So there is that history there, and they've proven they can do it. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the record now, it's, it's not all too impressive, 15 and 7. Um, I mean, f- great compared to the last the last few years, right? But <clears throat> I mean, you look at someone like Illinois um, on the women's side for in the Big Ten. They were one in thirteen in the Big Ten last year, and right now they're eight and five, I believe. Um, and they and they were ranked obviously until Purdue kind of knocked them off. Yeah, but- and you look at the the net rankings right now. Purdue is at thirty eight. 
So they're in a solid place to get an at-large bid. They're four and five in those quadrant one games that win at Ohio State, even though the Buckeyes are completely falling apart, it seems <laughs> like. Uh, that's a really good win. That's their best win right now. Uh, the, the loss to Florida State and the loss to Oklahoma State, or no, the win over Oklahoma State, those are good. Florida State could have been one more chip in their favor because that was a neutral one, and they're 14th in the net. Purdue dropped that by a point. But wins at Michigan State at, at home against or on a neutral floor against Oklahoma State, they should be just fine as long as they take care of business, I would say, in these last few games. Yeah, most definitely. And I think the only two games that kind of hurt them, uh, for lack of a better word, is, is Nebraska and Penn State. Uh, those two are extremely winnable. They win those two games, they're likely ranked right now. Um, and they just they just let those games get away from them um, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and uh, at least at least we've got something to look forward to the rest of this year, and that's nice. That's nice for the women's program. And then, speaking of something to look forward to, we have the men's team. Unfortunately, not being able to pull it out in Bloomington on Saturday against the Hoosiers, but there's absolutely no reason to panic, is there, Casey? No, um, nothing really changed. Uh, you know, I was answering this question on another podcast earlier this week, what is the weakness of Purdue? And a lot of people want to think it's a lot of different things, but it's, it's simply big guards. Big guards have been able to get our, get Purdue's guards a little out of sync. And as Painter said, they can get a little careless and turn the ball over. And that's what happened in the first half. You can't turn the ball over 11 times on the road. And it's kind of a miracle that Purdue was able to get back as close as they were, considering how much they just fueled Indiana's offense with those turnovers. Um, that's nothing new. It's how Rutgers won. Um, there's not a ton of teams that are willing and capable and able of playing that kind of defense. IU played their best game of the season by far. Wasn't close. And Purdue did not. At the same time, Purdue still has the biggest edge in any game. That is without that, like without question now, because if there was another potential guy that could beat him, it would be Trace Jackson Davis, who was good. It was very good. He was a problem. Obviously, the game plan in the first half didn't really work out, but they adjusted, played better in the second half, and Indiana could not stop Zach Eady. 33 points, 18 rebounds. He was dominant again. Purdue was within one shot a few times. So yeah, second loss of the season on the road in a very hostile environment for a team very ready to play that game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too concerned. I think I would be significantly more concerned if they were to come out and have a rough time against Iowa on Thursday, but this is a team that still has essentially a two, a three game lead in the rest of the big 10. Uh, I know Rutgers is only two games back, but that's assuming Rutgers runs the table at this point, which is probably not going to happen, right? Um, I, I don't think there's another team in the Big Ten that's likely or capable of running the rest of the way. What I will say is Purdue has tried this in every fashion. They've gone out on big winning streaks in the season. They've looked good late. They've looked bad late. Really doesn't matter. The tournament is the tournament, and it's going to be the re tournament regardless. You don't play games on the road in the tournament. 
it doesn't get harder than assembly hall in a rivalry game against a desperate team. That will be the toughest game they have this year. Mm-hmm. That will be the game with a team. IU was very good. They made shots. They had a game plan that mostly worked, especially in the first half. And teams will absolutely try to continue to bully Purdue's guards and foul constantly off the ball because they know refs won't call it. Okay, get tougher. Don't turn the ball over. And that's mm-hmm. all Purdue had to do. If if you take three of those live ball turnovers away, Purdue wins that game, despite still playing bad. So it's not hopeless. It's a 22-2 and two team that is still beyond all of our expectations at the start of mm-hmm. the season. With, once again, fundamentally, this is not a normal team. This is a team with a once-in-a-generational dominant player. And that means a lot. And that will mean a lot in March as well. They were able to come back from down 16 in the first half purely off the fact that if Edie touches the ball, he's going to score. That is still the best weapon in the country. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned it took all of that and Purdue still had, I had at least two possessions where they could have tied it. You had the Smith turnover uh, in the lane. And then I'm thinking of the one uh, where Mason Gillis got a pretty good look at a tying three with about a minute, minute and a half left. Same possession. Same possession. No, there was a second possession earlier because there was a timeout and Purdue was down two and Smith got in the lane and kind of got into no man's land and turned it over. So it was the exact same play that got Gillis a shot. And it happened within a few minutes at most. So like Mm -hmm. it was something he saw the first time and he tried to go back to it the second time. Wasn't there. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That was his only turnover. Um, And I thought, I continue to think that his passing is beyond what any freshman should be. Oh yeah. And it's something that you, you don't teach and everyone wants to talk about guard play. And when you say that you, you mean certain things, but one of the biggest keys that a guard can do, especially in March is create offense. You don't, you don't have to be the one scoring it. And Braden Smith has consistently from day one, known how to attack defenses, get open looks for other players. And Purdue had a bad combination around Braden Smith and around Zach Eady. Generally, I think you can depend on those role players to play better because they play better all year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, in the second half, not getting blown out in that game is impressive. Yes. And you're, you're one look away from tying that game. It, if Gillis hits that three, and I'm not that's not against Gillis or anything. Fantastic look. Sometimes you just don't hit it. He knocks that down. It's a tie game, and you could just just from watching it on TV, you could Whole feel Yeah, you could feel that IU was getting tight. The crowd was getting tight as Purdue got closer and closer. And I think that, that is that's another key is this showed that you can't totally put this team away, at least from what we've seen right now. And you've got two losses by six total points. Nobody goes undefeated in college basketball. It just, it does not happen. (laughs) So, you know, I think we're in a great spot. And then in the tournament, you're going to have, nobody's going to be familiar with Zach Eady. I mean, 
this was what Doesn't matter. This is what it's time that Indiana's played against Zach Eady and they've got some familiarity and the rest of the league kind of sees him in and out, but I can't imagine trying to prepare for this guy in two days, honestly. I I mean, I could meet Shaquille O'Neal every day and say hi to him. I'm not gonna get any closer to stopping him in the post. So <laughs> I don't I don't even think it matters at this point because Edie is just if he gets the I, I thought the second half might have been Edie's best 20 minutes of the year. Um, really made some tough shots, did a good job getting inside. I, I don't think teams can defend that for 40 minutes. You can't defend the way I, you did for the first half for a whole game. And if you can, half, hats off to you. Um, you are probably a contender for the national title, and the game's probably happening in the Final Four. So it's fine. Purdue has two losses. Their first goal is still very much intact, and they will tell you that. Um, I think everything uh, you know that we saw after the game, uh, Zach Eady obviously coming to Braden Smith's aid, David Jenkins doing the same for Eady towards the end. This team is not flustered. Um, they are not pointing fingers. They are taking accountability. I, I think that's important. I think they are not going to be happy that they gave up Coming into this game, they had not given up more than 70 points in a single game all season. They gave up 50 in the first half. Held them to 29 in the second half, but 50 points in a half, that can't, cannot happen. No. A lot of that was turnovers. So yeah, play harder on defense, play more physical, absolutely, but just don't turn the ball over. And that's concentration, that's effort. And these high-pressure environments, these mistakes, yeah, you like to learn through wins, but... Sometimes losing, as David Jenkins says, you're not losing, you're learning. And this team had a lot to learn, still young, and they're still just as talented and capable as they were a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. So I, it's going to be a fun final stretch. I, I, think, I think it's not the worst thing in the world that this team has to reset and regroup a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not like you lost to a terrible team either so i mean it's not a bad loss like you said it's the toughest environment they're going to face it's the toughest game they've got all year as long as you take care of business at home right now you know you're getting a share of the big 10 title as long as rutgers gets one more loss and they're probably going to get one more loss somewhere in there so i i love our chances at home <laughs> against anybody in the country um i know it's not automatic but uh, i we will be strongly favored in all four of those games. And then I really like her chances against Ohio state and it, or against uh, Northwestern, I should say, and at Wisconsin who's struggling. Um, you know, I really think this team could win six of these last seven and be on cruise control, really going into the big 10 tournament and just with a lot of confidence and have a number one lock, number one seed locked up before we even play in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, this didn't really jeopardize anything, and the goal is still the same. So Absolutely. And speaking of goals and everything, you and I saw the future, hopefully, of Purdue basketball this weekend. One you of us did. One of us. Oh, yes. I, I know. I know. I know. I know your opinions on Flory. <laughs> but uh, uh, I guess I could talk a little bit about Flory Badunga here, uh, and then we'll go because you went and saw Jack Benter the same night. Um, Badunga? I, I, I tend to agree with you. I'm not quite sure how he fits in with Purdue's offense. Uh, he 
doesn't have much of an outside shot, at least right now. But I think his ceiling would be a Jawan Johnson type if he were to end up there. Who knows if he's going to end up there? Uh, I did get Do you a think he's going to play four years of college? I don't know. He, he can't go to the pros right now because he can't shoot outside. Hmm. There's other places to get play paid. Yeah. I mean, he, he might play two. I could see him playing two while he develops more of an outside game. But yeah, probably not all four. How many people under Painter have developed without the ability to get on the court right away? Not many. And I don't do know. Do you think playing. he would play over Trey Kaufman? Even if Edie leaves, do you think he's taking a bunch of minutes from Kaufman Wren or Caleb first? Well, this would be, he would, he would get there after Edie's senior year. So he'd be battling. Okay. So he'd be gone regardless. Right. Edie would be gone unless Edie returns for his COVID <laughs> year. Which, Not happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but. He would definitely be a reserve. I'm not sure he he would play ahead of there. He's not going to play ahead of first. Uh, Kaufman Rand's already shown more of an outside game. And let's be honest, if, unless you are just a massive human being like a Zach Eady, you have to have some sort of outside game right now. And I have not seen him show it yet. Yeah, my, my concern with Badunga is there are not many big players in Indiana that he's going to go up against. And when he did Ben Davis, he did not play well. He doesn't rebound outside of his space and Mm -hmm. he doesn't really go get the ball. So if those are your limitations and your strengths are really good, really good burst, especially for a size and really good vertical, you need a run and gun offense. Mm -hmm. You need transition and you need a lot of pick and rolls where you could just have a whole lane to yourself to dive at the rim. Could Purdue in theory facilitate such an offense? Yeah, sure. Painter likes to play inside out and that's not the way Badunga is prepared to play now. And that's not the way he's going to be ready to play in two years. So Mm -hmm. it's a tall, it's a tall task. I, I, I mean, I know Painter is still scouting him. I know mm-hmm. the team came out and saw him at Lafayette Jeff and everything, but I, I, I do agree with you. He's not quite the right fit for what we want to do. Yeah, but And the issue is there are some questions, but he has a five-star tag, and there are coaches that really want him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when I was at the Brownsburg Showcase, um, Auburn's guy. Yeah, Auburn's really going after him. Bruce Pearl. Pearl, Pearl, yeah. Pearl was going after him since he wants him. Like, there are going to be plenty of colleges. So I just, he's fun. Um, He's impressed me one-on-one on on defense. Mm -hmm. But what is that? How does that translate? I'm not exactly sure. Right, right. And that's, he's going to, if he were to end up at Purdue, he would have to, end up here realizing that he has a lot that he would need to develop to be with the program. And short of, you know, Jaden Ivey exploding, we don't have guys that are, you know, one and done, two or none, really. You know, it's usually guys that end up Purdue, we know we're going to have them for at least three years. And yeah, Purdue asks their bigs to do skilled things. Skill and intuitive things on the basketball court. I, I thought Badunga was a better passer than I expected. 
I think he's got some decently quick instincts, but everything else about playing basketball in a sophisticated offense, which by the way, does not run. (laughs) They do not have sophisticated offense at Kokomo. They do not do a good job of showcasing Badunga half the time. I've seen him three games and for way too many long stretches, he disappears on the floor and that's not on all, all on him. Yeah. When I saw him against tech, he, he kind of had that. And if his guards are hitting, that helps loosen things up. But when I saw him against Zionsville, Zionsville sold out entirely just to deny him the basketball. And he hurt his finger in that game. He only had two points, but he still played most of the game. And, uh, just his his guards couldn't hit anything that game. A little bit different on Thursday night. His uh, his guards came out. They hit five threes in the first quarter and built him a big lead. And then the other time that one of the other times that I saw him was his triple double at Richmond last year. And that's kind of what that was one of his best games. Honestly, I mean, I think he had like a 32, 20, 11 and just absolutely dominated the fourth quarter on both ends of the floor. That's what he's capable of. But like you said, he you know, you can only do so much sometimes. He's got a couple of guys that he's playing with that might play at some smaller colleges like Division Two, II, Division Three, some NAIA, but Maybe. he doesn't have any he doesn't have Division One talent getting him the ball. No. And he has shooters like guards who want to shoot the ball. Right. Right. But anyway, he's so funny. enough speculation there. I know I know you're ready to talk about Jack Benter. Tell me about I Jack Benter. I have not movie. seen him. So Jack Benter the word when he's talking to Purdue coaches, when Painter talks to him, the, the player they always name is Dakota Mathias. That's mm. that's who they want him to be. Um, that's who they think he could be. I when I saw him, I saw Ryan Klein with Carson Edwards' um, willingness to shoot from anywhere. Oh, ooh. They were also playing a one in 19 team. So uh, yeah. fire up at will, but no, he put up 43 on them. It was an easy 43. He has an incredible ability to, f- to level his shot midair, just square up with the rim. Even when it looks like his feet aren't there with him, um, just always gets to a really good shooting form by the time the ball's out of the way. And one of the things I like to see with a shooter is like where are their misses and his misses are right at the rim and soft. Like he does not miss by much when he does, but I was talking to his dad and him there. His dad played some college basketball, at a lower level. And his dad grew about somewhere between one to two inches in college. So they're hoping he still has an inch or two left. He's probably six, four, six, five right now, big body for a guard. Um, but they are definitely hoping he gets up to six, 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 seven, and the way he can shoot the ball and he's got decent burst and he feels the game pretty well. Um, his point guard went down this year with a uh, hand injury and he's had to take it over a lot more of the ball handling duty. They run a lot of pick and rolls with him and he's getting more and more comfortable with that. Just, just a dangerous score at all three levels. Um, He's gotten more, he's gotten quicker. He's gotten a little more explosive, gotten more bounce. Obviously he showed me the uh, stitches on his palm where uh, he broke the uh, backboard glass. And yeah, he is, he is a scorer of the basketball and it's a fun combination with him catchings and obviously Colvin coming next year. Mm-hmm. 
And we, we got to wait another year for him, I know. But I like that what you're saying, that he can score at all three levels. I, I, I like that we're starting to see more of our guards able to do that because that mid-range can be so dangerous. I mean, look what Fletcher Lawyer can do. And uh, Yeah, I think – I definitely think Fletcher is more of a prototype going forward than – Dakota Mathias, for everything he did well, wasn't able to really create shots off the dribble. Um, I think we've definitely seen more of that with Lawyer. Uh, saw a little bit more of that with Klein when Klein got to play his senior year. I definitely feel like Benter, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put him on a scale between we'll put Dakota Mathias at one end, Ryan Klein at the other, and Lawyer's kind of the happy medium between the two size and skill and shooting. He's he's definitely closer to Lawyer and Klein than Mathias. A little bit bigger too, so. It's it's a good combo, and my only question, and I'll have to you know see him play a few more games, watch some tape against higher end opponents. He's just not being challenged most weeks against guys that have any hope, any hope at all of guarding him. Yeah, that that's what happens at a two way level. Unfortunately, is you get some of these there. There's greater mismatches out there than you'll see any other time. I'm thinking of. Uh, if you look at George Karloftis's senior stats for West Lafayette High, they're absolutely <laughs> ridiculously absurd. And he's playing against, you know, a five foot ten, two hundred pound right tackle that he could just shove out of the way with one hand. Yeah, the but, encouraging thing is though, what he does well, which is making shots and making tough shots. Um, two buzzer beatered. One was a turning spin around, like three from the wing, which I got video of that's on the Boiler Upload YouTube. He makes tough shots, and he makes wide open shots. So that's what Purdue's offense gets. If if you play on the court, you are going to get good looks because that offense is so well designed, and he is a shot maker. That translates. I don't care who else is on the other side of the court. So very encouraging to see him. Sweet kid, great kid. His father's super level headed the coach down there at Brownstown Central. So he he definitely has an eye for the game. There's a lot of passion in that family. And we like we like uh coach's sons in West Lafayette. Yeah, those tend to work out. Those tend to work out really well. So uh, that's great to hear. And I love I love being able to talk some of the future here of Purdue basketball. It looks like we've got some great ones with Benter and Catchings. I've seen Catchings a couple times now, and Catchings is the real deal. Uh, I saw him a couple weeks ago for Brownsburg against the same Zionsville team that shut down Badunga, and he was having a rough game. And then he hit two challenged three-pointers in the fourth quarter that were next-level shots. Uh, just he, I think he was like 4 of 14 or something to that point, and just buried two threes that are going to look good at the next level and are the type of shots you need to hit at the next level. So catchings with Benter, that's exciting. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, not to mention a Jaden Ivey-esque athlete coming in next year who can also shoot. Miles Mm -hmm. Colvin, I mean, talk about a bucket. Just, Just an absolute bucket. I, I, I'm gonna have. I, I'm withholding judgment on Colvin. I've seen him twice, and he's been kind of uh, meh. Yeah, when I've seen him, I, I've seen the athleticism and everything, but it can also be just off night or opponent or anything else. So, could be the basketball team he plays for. 
<laughs> it's definitely the basketball team he plays for, whose coach just resigned. Yeah, that that's not a good sign either. And that was that was in the works when I saw him a few months ago. So I'm um, I'm I'm going to. <laughs> There have not been many players capable of doing what Miles Colvin can do on a basketball court in a Purdue jersey. I will take that. I, I will I will believe in the stewardship of Matt Painter in that program. And he is the Uber athletic wing that this program it's both more fun when that's out there and it does cover up some things that you want to, you want to try to really press a team that has an athlete like that. Good luck. Mm-hmm. We saw at times last year, Jay Nivey be able to just single handedly say, now nah, I'm the fastest guy out here and you can't get up to where I'm going to get to. So it's a good card to have. Yeah. And when you consider that the entire roster of this team can return next year, and you're essentially just plugging in Miles Colvin for David Jenkins Jr., the only guy that's definitely going to be gone. Oh, boy, this could be fun for a while. <laughs> and adding Camden Heidi. Ah, yes. I, I keep forgetting about him. Keep forgetting about him. That's because you haven't been to many games. Um, if you watch him in the layup line, which is no longer a layup line, it is a 360 between the leg dunk line. Um, that boy got hops. <laughs> Well, it, it'll be exciting to see him uh, come along and just, ooh, this is going to be fun. It's We've got a fun few years coming. So with that in mind, I think it's time we start uh, to wrap this up a little bit. Jace, you've been sitting there patiently the whole time. you have any final thoughts before we head in? Men's and women's teams are going to make runs in the next couple of years. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, Casey, any final thoughts? Nope. I'm pretty good. <laughs> Tired of driving to Southern Indiana this week. I, I get you. I get you. No, we're going, we're going, we're going even further. Hopefully we'll be going to Kentucky on Tuesday. Oh yeah, that's right. You got, you have a dedicated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got to build well, up those hotel points. <laughs> Well, all right. I guess if I had a final thought, it's um, I'm picking 28 and three to finish the year. The only loss that I am predicting the rest of the way is at Maryland. And I also do want to apologize that yesterday's loss to Indiana was on me because in our group chat, I was feeling incredibly overconfident and actually picked to Purdue by 10 or more. So that's on me, guys. I'm sorry. You can uh, you can put that on me. The reason we lost. So I'll take that. But in the meantime, we will be back next week. Uh, we'll have plenty of good stuff coming up this week on Boiler Upload. And we do want to thank our sponsors again, Martin Vintage and Reindeer Shuttle for all the hard work they do. They've got some great produce here at Martin Vintage. And like Casey said, don't drive to an airport. Let Reindeer, Reindeer Shuttle do They know what they're doing. So for that, for Jace, for Casey, and myself, Travis Miller, this has been the Boiler Upload Podcast and Boiler Up. Boiler Up.